You seem happy. Any reason I shouldn't be? No, just that Horton's out there. If he is, he is. This isn't about Horton, is it? It's about coincidence. It's about being in the right place at the right time. Mac, I think you might have been right about Pete. She's not Pete. Why? Because you don't want her to be? You're not exactly being objective about this. I've seen doubles before. How many times? Once, twice? And that's in 400 years. I have to play this out, Rich. Mac, if something looks too good to be true, it usually is. I wish Tessa were back, too. But she's not. But you think I know that? I don't know. Do you? Welcome to Highlander Rewatch, the podcast where each and every week we talk about a different portion of the Highlander universe. I'm one of your rewatchers, Kyle. This is Eamon. This is Keith. And this week we are wrapping up our second season of podcasting. This is very exciting with the episode Counterfeit Part 2. Yeah, one year down, two seasons. Not too shabby. Yeah. Yeah. That's... Yeah, we've done a lot. So yeah, if you're new to the show and starting on this last episode of the second season, <laughs> we've already covered uh, the very first season of the show, the first movie. Uh, and you're making puzzling decisions with your podcast listening. Yeah, but maybe hey, you just really like yeah. this episode. episode. Yeah, yeah. kind of a part two, part is, two. <laughs> is where I like to start. But yep. hey, you know, if that's not for you, go back, listen to our back catalog. It's great. Very good. Uh, before we jump into this week's episode, we got a little reader mail. Open up the mailbag. Oh, this is just to pat ourselves on the back by way of someone else. That's right. But mm. to Eamon, Kyle, and Keith. Also, it said like, amen, like this is the end of a prayer, and I like to think that it is. Mm. Um, <laughs> since I found your podcast, I've been rewatching Highlander, the series, and enjoying the Highlander and his journeys. Although I know these episodes by heart, I find that listening to your commentaries and insider knowledge has given me, as well as others, an even greater appreciation for the adventures of Mac and Friends. Not to mention, it's put the series into a totally new light, for better or for worse. <laughs> <laughs> I leave you with this thought. Who watches the rewatchers? Ooh. It's kind of magic. Sincerely, Brian. Hey, thanks, Brian. Yeah. Thank you. We think you're swell as well. That's right. That rhymes. You see what I did there? I do. Who does watch us? Who is Andy Warhol? I mean, I, <laughs> I mean, I ask myself all the time, who listens to us? <laughs> uh, who listens to the rewatchers? <laughs> yeah. Great but, question. Yeah. But apparently it's Brian. very Brian. nice and charming people mm -hmm. like Brian. That's right. Keep those letters coming. Yeah, you're a gentleman and a scholar, Brian. Thank you, Brian. Very good. How about we hop into this uh, momentous episode? Momentous? Memento. Momentous. Are we talking momentous. about Memento? <laughs> yep, Mementos, yeah. the fresh maker. <laughs> Christopher Nolan's Mementos. <laughs> so we open on a scene of a guy cooling his feet after he walks on hot coals with a Mentos. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's staying fresh, staying cool. Boo, 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 boo. Okay. Very good. All right, guys. This is it. Counterfeit Season 2, Episode 22. This is it. Counterfeit. That's right. Nice. <laughs> this episode was first aired May 23rd, 
1994. It was directed by Dennis Berry, a uh, different director than the first episode. The first episode was Paolo Barsman. Mm-hmm. Paolo Bar... Paolo Barsman. I think you said it the, correctly. I the think first I time. did. Yeah. <laughs> Setting the bar high, that Paolo. Yeah. Oh boy. Uh, <laughs> so his last episodes we saw on this show were Pharaoh's Daughter, Ooh. which is uh, okay. Something. Maybe. No. Nah. Well directed. Maybe. Uh, well, there's there's weird tilty shots. Moving on. <laughs> Moving on. And and Prodigal Son, uh, which is the oh, return of Richie. That Ryan. was a good one. That's that a very good, good episode. One. Yes. Yeah. Uh, this was written by David Tynan. Um, so he did the story for the first part, as we discussed last week, but did not actually write the screenplay. That was written by Brad Wright, creator of Stargate SG-1. Scott MacGyver. Yep, Scott MacGyver. Um, MacGyver anyway. should have been a, a villain immortal. That would have been awesome. His sword is made out of household items. <laughs> I'll type in some chewing gum. Yeah. <laughs> this episode guest stars Peter Hudson, of course, is back as James Horton. And last week we discussed uh, some of... Peter Hudson's like his upbringing that he was his, like his beekeeping prowess his beekeeping yeah. he was like studied all over the world like he seems like a interesting guy uh, I wanted to read about a project that he did very recently uh, so in 2015 he was in a French movie called Serial Teachers 2 Serial Teachers Serial Teachers oh, or in French it was called Le Profs 2 hmm. like I guess like the professors 2 the uh, professors 2 <laughs> lost in New York <laughs> the IMDb description for this movie is the worst teachers of France landed in England for an ultra-secret mission. With Boulard, the king of the dunces, they are parachuted in the best school of the country, and they will apply their famous methods on the future of the nation. What? what? But it gets better. So then I scrolled down to the IMDb keywords for this movie. The very first IMDb keyword, and we've all played our IMDb keyword game. The very first IMDb keyword for this movie is fart <laughs> <laughs> that tells you all you need to know <laughs> that's amazing well you got the king of the dunces right? yeah yeah mm-hmm. so that's what he's been up to great yep. very good this episode awesome. and farting. <laughs> <laughs> this episode guest stars alexandra vandernut yes she's back as false tessa it's false, false tessa. tessa slash lisa hale yeah. lisa mignon Lisa Mio. And are you guys ready for my maybe my favorite oh. IMDb episode description we've had? It's certainly the shortest. Buckle up. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Hang on to your butts. Here it is. False Tessa sets Duncan up for the final death. <laughs> <laughs> That's it? That's it? That's it? For the final for death? For the final death. False Some Tessa. Set us up the bomb. Yowza. <laughs> so there we go. <laughs> false Tessa. False Tessa. Even that phrase is so false yeah. Tessa. I false mean, Tessa. I, my notes keep on calling her Tessa Ganger, but, <laughs> That's good. but false Tessa is better. Well, if you don't floss and brush, you might have a set of false Tessa. <laughs> That's terrible. <laughs> no. uh, All right, this has been Eamon. <laughs> See you guys. It was, this is it was a good run. Yeah. <laughs> Eamon's <laughs> final episode on yeah. the podcast. I, I'm being set up for the final death. <laughs> Join us next season where Eamon is replaced with literally anyone. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so we We're talk about kidding. this? We really like Eamon most of the time. Yeah, he's okay. Yeah. False Eamon's back. False, false Eamon. Oh, we should do an episode where all there are evil false <laughs> false equivalencies. Yeah, we're, we all just have... Well, you guys already have beards, so you're clean-shaven. I grow a beard. There you go. I'm on board. And we're just bizarro versions of ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So, Funeral. this episode, uh, it's you know starts with the old previously on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, we get through all that. Whatever and ever I'm in. Yep. And then... We muck our ways through that. And then we're at a funeral. Yeah. yeah which we, we actually spilled the... Let the cat out of the bag a little bit on this funeral last time. Right. But this is by far the most well-attended funeral in the yeah. Andrew universe. 
Pompadour Pete had a following. Yeah, he did. There's like there's a good maybe half dozen people at this thing. Doesn't stop Mac from being late though. Yeah. Nope. Still just strutting in. A few things about this funeral. Uh, one thing is the priest who like witnessed the shooting is officiating. Oh, is know. he? Yeah, that's him. Yep. Wow, weird. That's weird, right? Father Andre. And that was also Richie's like holding a single rose. Does this one go around handing out single roses? Oh, maybe. At the beginning of the. I guess. That's yeah, I think the... they're going to toss them. Yeah. I thought it was weird. But I don't think but... Mac has one. Probably because he showed up late. Yeah, because he's late. late. He missed, <laughs> you don't get, you don't missed get the one boat. Yeah. <laughs> all the roses are gone. I am sorry, monsieur. Right. So we re- we reestablish in the scene that Richie's all pissed off at Mac because it's all yeah. his fault, blah, blah, blah. He says, I'm here to pay my respects. And Richie said, if, I'd, if you'd done that sooner. Pete might still be alive. Burn, man. That's right. Then Mac walks away. worse than that burn on his wrist. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So I guess this funeral wraps up, and then Mac goes in the same cemetery is where Mm -hmm. Tess is buried. Yeah. And so he goes, so I have some thoughts. Good, The the world's dumbest grave plot. It's like a stand that they put a a decorative plaque on. I was like, are these really? like? Because anybody could knock that over. A sharp wind would knock that over. Yeah, a mighty wind. It's blowing. It's kicking up the sand. That's right. It's rolling peace and freedom. It's every woman, child, and man. There we go. Christopher Uh, Guest, everyone. Uh, So here are my thoughts on this thing. Like, I guess I was this thing. I guess I was wondering, like, Tess is buried in Paris? I guess she was murdered in Seacouver. Yeah. Where they did have a home together. Uh, it does not, it, it makes sense that she might go back to Paris to be buried because maybe she has family there or something. The show does not end up in Paris for 10 episodes after she's murdered. So I guess I just always assumed it's like, well, Tess must have, you know, I never paid it any mind. Like, where was Tess buried? Nor yeah. should you. But. <laughs> well, they uh, met in Perry. Maybe she's from there. Yeah. I guess there's a missing episode, Lost Footage, where Duncan yeah. flies a body back, back to the past. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, I thought it was funnier than it apparently was to <laughs> you guys. I was yep. like, well, it is, it is unusual. I, I, I thought it was weird. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm she's digging just deep. The dream. We all just want to have a gravestone with minimal typos. <laughs> yeah. Like, I focused more on how, like, the marker was, like, on, like, a. Was on a kickstand? Yeah. I was like, <laughs> this doesn't seem like a good idea (laughs) also is it one of those little tombs that's like concrete is that hers or is she like buried in the actual dirt i don't know Mm. it's confusing unknown moving on unknown unknown but there's a flashback he has a flashback to tessa real quick yep getting murdered so we know yeah that the reason she's dead is she was because she's dead. Yeah, because she's dead. She's in the graveyard because she's <laughs> dead. Right? She didn't just, it wasn't just like a, she didn't buy it for the future. Yeah. Uh, so then in the distance, Maxie's quote unquote false Tessa. Yeah. Uh, I, I like the way this is all shot. Like, yeah. it's, like she's kind of like a specter in the back. Mm-hmm. Like it's and very like misty. Yeah, it's moody. Fades. This is all good. Yeah, I like it. And so he goes kind of like chasing after her, but she's gone. Is she real? Maybe just yeah. a memory. It's like the beginning of a song. But Richie does not see the Tessa Ganger. Yeah. The false Tess has eluded Richie completely. And Max just like kind of wandering around looking wistful. Richie's like, What's what's up with you? Yeah, so then they meet up with Joe, who's back. Fine good good that Joe's back in this episode, not yeah. the last one. Finally. Finally we get our Joe. So we find out that someone hacked into the watcher's computer in Paris. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. computer theft is a growth industry. <laughs> <laughs> And we find out Joe and Horton designed the Watcher systems. 
to be bulletproof. Yeah. yeah. Maybe that's actually the problem. He, he, they didn't realize that you don't rob computers with yeah. bullets. <laughs> we designed it to be bulletproof, but we didn't design it against hackers. There, there's some stuff here I guess we can unpack. First off, Joe knows a lot about computer programming. Mm-hmm. Apparently. Apparently. Like enough to design a security system for a secret organization of... Yeah. You know, of librarians. Yeah, of librarians. Yeah. But also, like, I get the impression that Joe from this scene is, like, very high up in the organization. It's because like he, he, like, runs the damn thing. Yeah, like, he made, like, there's some, like, I guess funds have been stolen. Yeah. And he's like, funds have been stolen, even I can't trace it. And it's like, the line, even I can't trace it, makes it sound like he should, like, if out of anybody, he should be able he's to. He's actually just the accountant. Right. Yeah. <laughs> he's the comptroller of the Watchers. <laughs> Is the Watchers a non-profit organization? It's, just, it's an escort. Yeah. <laughs> now we're back on that. <laughs> God damn it. In the script, they took out a line. Apparently, these funds can only be accessed via thumbprint. Wow. Huh? So I'm not sure how they're doing that, but... Good question. These are fancy computers, I but suppose. Horton's actually watching this whole thing unfold. Mm-hmm. Ironic, he's... isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> he's there with the Tessa ganger, who's smoking a cigarette, so you yeah. know she's evil. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> she's the bad Tessa. Yeah. And she needs to ash the cigarette so badly, it's got like two inches of ash <laughs> on it, and it's like hanging out. Does anyone remember? There's a first season episode where Tessa smokes... Oh, yeah? Yeah. I think mm. that's the episode where Richie's uh, libido's in meltdown or whatever. It is. And, like, she's walking around the apartment, and she's, you know, smoking. It's like, yeah, oh, Tessa's a smoker. Like, she's, she's smoking. artist lady. Smoking. Back to the mask. Welcome mm. <laughs> to Mask Rewatch. Some, join us next week when we're talking about Son of the Mask. Yo, somebody stop me. <laughs> <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> Why is Joe in Paris? Well, I think he's been there since Matt Since moved. Matt came? Cause yeah, because... To Max Watcher. Right. Yeah. I don't know why he's not in the previous episode because Mac had a whole lot of questions about Pete, and I know somebody that might be able to answer some of them. Who? Joe. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, I get the impression that Joe came to Mac, not, not vice versa. Yeah. Right. But I mean, and like, also, it's. We know Joe's been in Paris because he was in the Nikki Ward episode. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But I'm just saying, like, Mac should have gone to Joe, I think, in the previous episode and been like, is this dude a watcher? Was he? What's the deal? I still wish I could figure out, like, why characters are on certain episodes and not on others. Scheduling and contracting conflicts. There we go. Asked and answered. <laughs> then it wouldn't have been a mystery. <laughs> So because the system is so secure, I guess the conclusion is, like, nobody could have done this except Horton. Right. Like, Joe and Horton are the only two people that can do it. We never get the answer on how he lived. It's true. Like, we just have to assume it was one of the hypotheticals Mac offered. That, yeah, he just... Had a bulletproof vest on. Had a bulletproof vest on, or just, it wasn't a fatal shot. Yeah. Right. Either way, I didn't question it that hard. Or Joe is tricking him again. Because with that, I a great fold that he just can't can't do it. Yeah. Yeah. The fact that we knew the whole time he was alive, I didn't really question it that much. No, yeah. right. Yeah. Richie has a tantrum and storms off because Mac is like immediately like, of course, Horton's alive. That's a connection to Pete. And Richie's like, come on, Mac. Like, they don't have anything to do with each other. Also, Pete's dead. Pete is dead. All right. All right, Pete. All right, Pete. <laughs> R- rowdy, rowdy, Roddy, Peter. <laughs> uh, so we get to go back to the car dealership. Back to the where GG all car dealership. Where all the action happens yeah. in this episode. Yeah. So Mac needs to know. I guess he says that the owner of the Aston Martin changed his address. Yeah. So if he, like, this is so crazy. Like, did <laughs> yeah. he leave a forwarding address? Like, yeah. what? What? Uh, and he's like, well, if he comes back, contact me. It's yeah. like this guy just bought an Aston Martin. Well, I guess this place works on these cars too. 
I got the impression. Yeah. Because yeah. there's like a mechanic it. working on one of these cars in the showroom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Matt gives him his card, which I'm always wondering what that says. Sexy bachelor. Vicissitudes. Barge owner and resident. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what's his job when he's in Paris? Yeah. Uh, local river hound. <laughs> I don't know. River baron? Yeah. Oh, speaking of river barons, no Maurice in this episode. We do see we, his we. barge, but yeah. yeah. Circus weird. barge. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's where the carnival was. It was just on Maurice's barge the whole time. <laughs> that's why they were able to seamlessly have that conversation. So I don't really know what the point of the scene is. They're reintroducing the concept of the key to this whole case. Yeah. the car dealership. The car dealership, yeah. right. But then this is Maxie's Lisa Mion, false Tessa, walking by and follows her onto the street. And grabs her. Yeah. Well, he like... Does his grabbing her almost get her hit by a car, or does he prevent her from getting hit by a car? I think he his grabbing her almost makes her get hit by a car. But then he saves her from being hit by that car. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's weird. Very good. But he's very grabby. And he, he like grabs her, and she drops shit, and then he starts <laughs> checking her wrists. Yes. Which is crazy. <laughs> like, just some strange man is accosting this woman on the street. And he's like, by the it's also yeah. crazy that like he that sees someone that looks like Tess yeah. and immediately is like, maybe she's a watcher. Yeah. Like that was his first like, but then he's like, you were, in this. you were at the seminary today. Why were you there? And I'm like, this is crazy. Like, <laughs> yeah. Mac has a real descent into madness. in yeah. these Two episodes. He's, he's been a little paranoid. I think that's like the idea. Yeah. Get him on edge. Also he knows his mortal enemy is back. So that's a double entendre. <laughs> <laughs> She says she was visiting her father's grave. Then Mac, like, asks her for lunch. And she says to this guy who stopped her on the street, followed her, and knew where she was in the morning, hey, you seem like a nice guy, but, (laughs) like, he seems like a nice guy. Seems like a maniac. You seem like a loon, so, (laughs) no. I don't care how broad your shoulders are. Yeah. And how much I want to wear that sleep shirt. (laughs) (laughs) So she rejects him a couple times. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mac walks away. And then there's another shot of her, like, staring at him and a tiger. Tiger sound, yeah. yeah. That's the Horton sound. This tiger sound effects record has been getting a lot of (laughs) of play (laughs) in these last two episodes. So we get a flashback. Flashback to 1983 in Paris. Wee wee. Tess and Mac are in bed, getting all lovey-dovey. And this is, I guess, when... Mac decides to tell Tess that he's immortal. This is when he decides to traumatize his girlfriend. <laughs> yeah. Like, there has, this is in the movie, too. It's like, there has to be a less traumatizing way to explain to someone you care about that you're immortal other than forcing them to wound you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that, that's the answer is actually explain it to them before you decide to shoot yourself. Yeah. Or make, make her shoot, shoot you. Yeah. Like, how. <laughs> What a mind-blowing, like, traumatizing incident that he's just forcing on somebody he ostensibly cares about. This is even more traumatic because he just is like, promise me you won't call anybody as he's pulling a gun out. Like, You must know everything about me. Yeah. Yeah. It's real creepy. Oh, my God. Including the number of girlfriends I've killed. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I've buried a lot of women. Yeah. So she shoots him or he makes her shoot him. And she immediately breaks her promise. (laughs) And calls the emergency line. Yeah, just Tessa, untrustworthy. Yeah. Uh, nasty woman. <laughs> <laughs> We're getting so much mileage out of this nasty woman. Uh, 
but then, oh, they return to this. Like he's like, see, it's okay. Uh, and, and they the, were they, the electric healing. Yep, it's like it's from Deadly Medicine that terrible thing they did where they show electricity like heal his wounds. Yeah, well, if his back healing his back. Why does he need to kill himself? Why can't he just like just cut, cut his himself hand and, just, and like sh- so like just wait for it? That's a good point. Yep. But also, we learned that Mac was. We knew he fought in the Civil War, but he also like was there for the Reign of Terror. And... Mm-hmm. What about Reign of Fire with Christian Bale? Mm-hmm. There we go. <laughs> Dragon <Ooh>. talk. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but I guess we get some insight into Halloween. Tess's character here because, like, her first reaction to Mac explaining this to her is not one of like fear or anything. It's just like, oh, you must be so lonely. Like yeah. she like makes the leap of how sad this must be. Like the pain of being immortal, which I think is nice. It shows that she's a understanding and empathetic person. Yeah. Uh, but then it gets dark because Mac talks about not having kids. And he's like, I can't have kids. And he's like, and either can you. And it's like, yeah. what? Like, you don't have to say it like that. Like, yeah. I won't allow you. To, right. <laughs> like, yeah, he doesn't explain that it's like part of the deal. Yeah. Right. Again, they skip over this thing that Charlie Brown seemed to finally crack the code on that you can just adopt. Yep. Buy your tickets today for the LashCon 30th Anniversary Highlander Convention in Lakeland, Florida, December 3rd and 4th. Head on over to LashConEvents.com to buy your tickets today. That's L-A-S-H-C-O-N Events.com. Uh, enjoy the company of Adrian Paul, Elizabeth Grayson, F. Brian McAsh, Anthony DeLongis, and more from the Highlander franchise. <laughs> So we're back in the present. At Fabric Designs. <laughs> um, so Mac has found a piece of paper. With the, it, her business card, right? Her. It looks like a receipt. Like, it's really flimsily painted. Mm. Or painted. Flimsily. Like, I don't know. It's weird. I thought it looked like a receipt to me. What'd you guys think it looked like? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even notice this. Well, part. the reason I bring this up is that in the next scene, we're in this fabric design shop. Yeah. And flowers are delivered to uh-huh. Tess. And it's kind of weird because, like, they're not actively delivered. Like, she walks into a room. And they're there. And they're just sitting there. And then yeah. she reads the card. And it's like, oh. Uh, and it's like, wait, like, how did – because I thought this was a receipt. <laughs> like, how did Mac – did he just think, like, oh, she shops there clearly all – so much that I'll just send them flowers. No, I thought it was her job. Well, it is her it's job. Just, it's just his work. It's implausible how they got her a job at fabric design so quickly. That, hold on. Okay, yeah. So <laughs> my whole thing, I know it's not implausible that she works there. I'm saying it's implausible that he figured out she worked there from a receipt. Because I thought it was a receipt, not a business card. God damn it, guys. <laughs> Whatever. God damn it. All right, but Eamon, yes, you bring up the next good point, which yeah, is... Ne- you bring up the next thing that's actually worth talking about, <laughs> which is... This fucking plan. <laughs> yeah. All right, so... I want to talk about this plan. I've started to outline what Horton's plan is. So this mm. is what Horton... You're giving us the, the, the bullet point version of his plan. <laughs> okay. So this is, the, this is Horton's plan, it would seem. One, drive a wedge between Mac and Richie Ryan by having a new friend of Richie Ryan save his life in a fake shootout. Mm-hmm. One, step one. Two, when Duncan doesn't trust Richie Ryan's new friend, Pete, have Pete killed. So it seems like Mac, it's Mac's fault. That's step two, right? Mm-hmm. This is complicated. Step three, kidnap a female prisoner. (laughs) Step four, give her impossible plastic surgery (laughs) and possibly weeks of training to make her seem like a Tess lookalike. Step five, buy a fabric shop or have (laughs) fake Tess interview around to get a job working at a shop. I don't know. (laughs) Step six, 
kill Mac. <laughs> what the fuck is this plan? No, step six is have false Tessa lure him into a, a sense of security and like throw him off his guard, get him on edge, then lure him to a graveyard, have fake Tessa shoot him so you can decapitate him. That's all crazy. My plan, suggestion, Just is shoot. step one, shoot Mac a million times. <laughs> step two, kill Mac. <laughs> That's it. This plan is so, <laughs> so complicated. Also, like, honestly, the Pete thing, I don't know if that needs to exist. Well, the problem is it just doesn't, like, the, the storming off on the bridge is, like, the height of it working. But then it very quickly starts to get mended. Right. Yeah. But also, like, the Pete thing makes the test thing seem even more suspicious. Yeah. Because they're like, oh, weird coincidence that there's all these suspicions about and this and that and Horton's back and blah, blah, blah. With tests being involved, this fake test, like, all that stuff could have been cut and it would have seemed, like... Mac wouldn't even have been thinking about the Watchers at that point, or seeing Horton or any of this stuff. I don't know. Yeah. Cut Pete. Yeah. Mm. But it's like a heightened adventure TV show. Right, I know. Yeah. God damn it, guys. Come <laughs> on. Like, I, just, I wouldn't have minded it if Richie wasn't so quickly on board. Effectively, the way it plays out, their roles are reversed. Right. Richie's then becomes the one being like, you're not being objective. You're not thinking about this right. you got to trust me on this. This is too good to be true. Not really your friend. Right. Which is fine, but that actually serves as a bridge to keep them working together. It seems like the payoff would have been, like, Richie says, like, screw it, I'm done with you, and, like, leaves Paris. Yeah. So now Mac's isolated. Right. Like, it seems like that's the plan. And but that, that doesn't happen, so that just makes the entire thing seem strange. And it doesn't seem like it, and I don't know why it doesn't happen, I guess. Yeah, it's weird. I guess because they have to have Richie in there. Got yeah. him. Got to get that RR. Double just gonna say double r double r diner <sighs> guys i think we're doing good <laughs> so we're at the barge mac is getting sad looking through old photos and who walks in who barges in <laughs> but lisa tessa ganger false, false tessa false tessa <laughs> <laughs> is that lunch invitation still good for dinner no it was never good for dinner i never invited you to dinner yeah uh, actually yeah. not <laughs> This is a really weird sequence. Mac, like, changes in front of her. Yeah, because they have to go, like, right this second. It's like, is it still good for dinner? Which I guess is right now. It's dinner time, apparently. And he's like, yeah, stay right there while I get naked in front of you. He's got to show off the goods. Yeah. This is really clumsy. He's, like, clumsily undressing himself. He's red underwear on. I'd be like, oh, could you excuse me a minute? I guess that's not the point, but. Yeah. Yeah. Also, uh, well, as we see in the next scene, they go out to, like, what seems like a nice restaurant. So Mac is like, let me get ready for dinner. And he puts on his nicest denim, a white T-shirt, and And a a red vest. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> then Richie, of course, busts in on this. And oh, like, yeah. What the fuck? He's just looking at her dumbfounded, like, boo boo boo. But Max's reaction, like, is like kind of embarrassed. So I he's imagine like, yeah. Yeah, his like, inner monologue is like, yeah, I know. I found this person that looks like Tess, but like, you kind of know I got to try to have sex with her, right? Like, <laughs> you get what's going on here. Yeah. Sorry, see ya. We're at the restaurant. <laughs> and we find out that Tessa Ganger designs wallpaper. Good and talk. she went to art school. She spent two years at the Sorbonne. She's divorced. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, we get a flashback to that uh, the coffee scene. Yeah. I'll uh, make yeah. you a cup of coffee. Coffee, coffee, coffee. Oh, no, you make coffee. I, w- I wish the coffee talk was more technical. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I really like French press coffee, but you really need to not oversteep it. Yeah. <laughs> so back at the restaurant, 
Tess is like surprised. False Tess, excuse me. Don't want to confuse the <laughs> listeners. False Tess, I guess, is shocked that Mac is an antique dealer because she's like, I thought you were a drug dealer or a rock star or something. A drug dealer or a rock star. And he says, I'm actually a middle aged man with bad hair and bad breath and a bad suit. <laughs> What? <laughs> yeah. Huh? Well, That's that, flirting, guys. You yeah, guys don't know how to flirt? Or, yeah. yeah. I've been doing this wrong my whole life. Uh. But Falstessa is smitten with him. And she's like, oh, you make every, do you make everybody feel so good about themselves? Not everyone. Yeah. So also, in this instance, I was under the impression, like, the trajectory of this storyline was maybe that there would be, like, a redemption of Falstessa's character. Nope. No. No. <laughs> I thought there was zero chance of that. Oh, I thought it was, like, you know, through the power of Max, goodness. Yeah. That she was, like, act like no one has ever actually made her feel no, good about herself. The power of Max bombed D. She's going <laughs> <laughs> to save her from being a murderer. She's yeah. already a murderer. She's yeah, I know. literally a serial killer. And what's the redemption there? Well, that's in the past, guys. <laughs> what's a few? What's a few dozen bodies? She might just be a nice person now. <laughs> well, but what the, I thought that's what like... this was setting the seeds for is that yeah, no one I, had ever I... really treated her well before, and it's because she has a new identity that like she can actually leave behind her former self, like former I used murderer self. Yes, for gets... murderer. Oh, guys, <laughs> come on. Nope. But man, I'm really I'm getting shit on in this episode because <laughs> you're the worst. I'm just kidding. <laughs> you're, you're, you're okay, Keith. We like you. <sighs> You are okay. <laughs> we don't make everyone feel this good. <laughs> but, like, this is a good chance for you to, like, take on a new identity, leave your former catchphrases yeah. behind. I guarantee somebody write in and tell me that that's also what they thought was happening here. No, I, I, I thought that might be what was happening. Or Boom. it could happen. See? It yeah, could be. A, it could have happened. Route. It could have happened. Hey, it could happen. <laughs> Nick World. <laughs> All right. So we're back at the barge the next day. Richie shows up. Max. Whistling. He's, he's yeah. feeling great. Yeah. Oh, man, yeah. Because we know what that whistling is all for, because he's like, I got laid, you got to whistle. Yeah. Now Richie thinks Mac is right, uh, was right about Pete. Yeah, he's had a sudden change of heart. Right. Which I find unexpected. I was wondering if he was using that as, like, because he's so distrustful of this new woman, Lisa, that he was saying, like, hey, like, you know, you were right about it being too convenient and too this, like, just to show Mac that he, you know... To like, oh, like apply your logic yeah. to this thing. Like, yeah, uh, this, I wasn't sure if he was completely on board, but this very obvious con. But, but that's just like, I have to play this out, Rich. It's like, why? Also, Mac has the line, I've seen doubles before. before. <laughs> <It's> like, what? <laughs> <laughs> and he's what like, does it mean? What yeah, does it even know. mean? Like double rainbows? <laughs> he's like, I see, I see doubles all the time. I see f false Charlie, false Charlie. <laughs> <laughs> False Charlie. <laughs> I don't do doubles, man. <laughs> Not for breakfast, man. You actually just saw doubles of the trout. <laughs> uh, he's broken. We broke Keith. We're in the park next with Joe and Richie. Yeah, nice little Joe Richie interaction. It's snarky. Yeah. Yeah. It involves the phrase, I'm not much of a pigeon critic. <laughs> <laughs> well, Richie makes some comment about, like, the pigeons even look nicer in Paris. And then Joe says, like, sure beats Chicago. And I was like, is Joe from Chicago? I don't know. Yeah, right? Huh. It's a weird comment. Maybe. Maybe. So, backstory. 
Uh, Has Joe and Richie... I always forget this. Have they met before this? Like, barely. Well, they, at bare minimum, they met on that bridge earlier in this episode. That's true. Yeah. But yeah, when yeah when have they had interactions together? Because yeah, Richie's very distrusting of Joe. Yeah. Yeah. Like, this is about building their friendship. I can't bit. remember if they talked on the Quentin Barnes episode or not. I know they were both in that episode. Yeah, we should try to track that back. When does yeah. he meet him? <laughs> this scene feels very weird to me in some ways. Like, part of it feels, like, improvised. Like... Yeah. I like this scene. I do, too. It's good. And then, of course, a drive-by happens. Yeah. While this is going on, it looks like they're trying to hit Joe. Yeah. But Richie jumps in front of him and gets popped. Pop, pop, pop. Yeah, he gets blasted pretty hard. Yeah. And Joe is like... And the line is really funny. It's like, oh, it looks like you're dying. And Richie's like, oh, not again. <laughs> I'll be right back. Yeah. And then he dies. It's just great. It's that good. was really yeah. funny. But then Joe says, it was Horton. I saw him. <laughs> right. Which I thought was weird. Yeah, Horton finally shows his face to his friend. Yeah, and he's like doing his own dirty work. But I'm like, if it was Horton, one, does Horton, Horton know Richie is immortal? Yes. Are we sure? Almost positive. Because he's trying Funny. to he's trying to drive a wedge. Why is he trying to drive a wedge between Mac and like just his immortal buddy? Because they're buddies. Or, or just like his <laughs> mortal buddy. Just like for funsies. Yeah. I think he knows he's immortal. I don't know. I don't know either, but but if he does, also if, he's got access to the, the watcher computers. Remember? Oh yeah, that's, uh, that's true. true. Yeah, the computer computer theft is a growing industry. But here's my <laughs> other thing. Who's your critic? If he does know that Richie's immortal, is Adrian Paul just British <laughs> uh, British Sly Stallone? Because that's yes. that's what I'm getting. <laughs> yeah. If I can change, and you could change. Oh my god! Sorry, Eamon. Yes. No. If Horton knows that Richie's immortal, then he would know like that him shooting him was a failure and why wouldn't he just get out and finish the job and shoot joe busy busy street i don't know so yeah, much drive by when you get out i don't know i don't know, I don't know just bugged me a little bit but anyway yeah. whatever doesn't matter yeah if the target was joe he fell on the ground like two seconds later you've got more bullets yeah yeah earlier i forget we get the definition of a doppelganger oh right oh, they yeah. explain that yeah. Yeah. it's like a doppelganger what's a doppelganger <laughs> a doppel what <laughs> doppler radar <laughs> <laughs> Yes, it's a very powerful weather tracking device that also <laughs> looks like his dead fiance. <laughs> uh, so Mac and Tess are on like a little art date or mm-hmm. something. They're in like a park. Yeah, but Mac's starting to get suspicious. Well, but Mac is also like Mac's blurring the line between her and Tess. Yeah, because he mentioned something about sculpture, and he's like, "Surely you know about this, Rodan." And, yes, because she's like, "I don't know who Rodan is," and. Like, Mac is kind of mistaking Lisa for Tess's stuff. Yeah, yeah. but I feel like if you're an artist, you probably know who Rodan is, even if you're not a sculptor. You should. I w- also, especially <laughs> right? because yeah. Rodan has a lot of drawings, because yeah. he drew quite a bit. Yep. Uh, yeah. No, I would agree. I, I think that this is him starting to get, like, suspicious of her. Yeah. It's like, it's like, oh, wait, that's weird. Like, you have no idea who I'm talking about. See, that was the problem. He's like... Who's Kandinsky? He didn't go yeah. to. Who is Rodan? One thing about Rodan, real quick, Philadelphia has a really good Rodan museum. It it's is impeccable. In Philadelphia, yeah, it's worth a visit. And it's free. Yes. Yeah. The great. gates of hell. Yeah. Are the at the entrance? It's amazing. It's cool. Um, <laughs> what was I going to say? Oh, uh, there's some cool. There's a cool shot here too. Like when they're looking at a statue, like yeah. the camera like spins around the statue and them, mm-hmm. and it's got a lot of cool movement. Look good. Looks good. She asks Mac a really weird question that I didn't understand. She says, "Do you think people can only live once in their lifetime? What does that mean?" I have no idea what that sentence even means. Yeah, because I actually like rewound it and like read the subtitles just well, to be sure. She's like, Mac, I just have one question. Like. YOLO? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's what I want to know. 
Well, I don't want to go back to like that really shitty point I made earlier yeah, about yeah. her reinventing herself and living a second life. But maybe this on, on maybe this line has like, something to do with that. I'm like PlayStation God 3. God damn it, guys. Second life, like playing second yes. life on PlayStation 3. I think she's this getting is, it. God. This is her Tess avatar. <laughs> I think what she's getting at is to reinvent herself. Again, but that's all based on that really stupid thing I said a minute ago. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yes. <laughs> That explains the line. Just give me a little bit of slack. I'll give you an okay. There we go. There we go, guys. Oh, boy. But then she goes right along with this plan and gets in bed with a Mac. Well, they talk about Josephine Baker yeah. back at the barge. Oh, yeah. And, and there's some thing. more holes in her story because uh, she says her great aunt used to dance with Josephine Baker. And she lists the club, which was the Latin Quarter. The Latin Quarter. But Mac is like, no, didn't she dance at the... Uh, Folly Bergeret, Bergeret. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's like, oh, yeah, well, she must be old. She forgot or something. Yeah. Uh, and then Mac, in, I think, very typical Mac fashion, is like, what's your aunt doing? We should hang out. Like, yeah. He immediately <laughs> is like, we should hang out with your aunt tonight. Yeah, yeah. right now. <laughs> well, the other thing is she says she was visiting her dead father's grave in the cemetery right. earlier. And I was like, oh, we'll just go to the cemetery and find it. There has to be some dead mion there. Right. Though she was married, so who knows if it'll be a mion. That's true. He's got to get on those police reports. That's right. Yeah, got to get those Back, police reports, see if she has Mac any hacking. tattoos. Hacking on the computer again. <laughs> All right, so now we get to the good stuff. What, <laughs> yeah. what Bill Panzer has been waiting the whole episode for. It's <laughs> just some skin. That's right. Good gravy. Another... Yeah, they, they really get at it. They Mac, Mac is like into hair pulling. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it seems. They're like making up for lost time. It's like, you've been out of the show for how long? Half a season. Yeah, <laughs> half a whole season. But Mac's been Let's getting like coffee. so much action in this, these past, like, he basically has sex every episode for the last, like, six episodes. <laughs> That's what's so confusing to him. He literally forgot what Tessa looked like. He kind of forgot she was dead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is kind of graphic, though. I wonder how much it of is. this aired on Good question. American television. I mean, if, if you're into back... Literally, I mean backs, not butts. <laughs> there's like a blowjobby sort of thing going on. Too. Yeah, there's definitely some like implied. Oh yeah, oral because she like sex goes down the trail, down his chest, and then yep. off camera, and then his face is like oh. <laughs> <laughs> the worst minute of our podcast ever. <laughs> no, we've had worse. Oh, okay. uh, we definitely had worse minutes. Write in for your worst Highlander rewatched minute. <laughs> yeah, nominate your our worst minute ever. <laughs> I like please that. include the episode title and timestamp. Oh. Yes, please. Uh, so after they get you know down wrapped and wrapped up, yeah, uh, Mac, wrapped up. <laughs> Mac notices like a scar next to her ear. Yeah, and he's like, hmm. But then he's like, shrug. I just well, she quickly like yeah. shrugs him away. But it's very suspicious. Yeah, imagine she'll have many, many surgery scars because, like, you can't do all that stuff behind the. She ear. would look like a Frankenstein monster, <laughs> like after after the surgery she was put through. It would well, like, not be pretty. How advanced was plastic surgery in 1994? I think it was pretty advanced. Was it's it? still not this advanced. That's the thing. Well, not this advanced. But, right. Yeah. This is like face-off level. The greatest, <laughs> the greatest documentary ever. Face-off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> The Highlander Legend Portfolio Series. Four stunning collections of ten portrait-quality stills that capture vital, plot-turning Highlander scenes and preserve in still life the show's unique ambiance. In still life? Eminently collectible. Unlike the bootleg photographs that lack collector value and by their poor quality work 
only to undermine the show's high standards, they must have had a rampant problem with uh, bootleg Highlander pictures. <laughs> There's like a whole explanation on why bootleg pictures are wrong. Not like those trash bootleg photos. Uh, each 8.5 by 11 image in the Legend Portfolio series was shot by official show photographers, developed at ideal exposure, and printed on the highest quality archival stock paper available. Mm. The end result truly maintains the integrity of the show's vision and, more importantly, meets your well-deserved demand for excellence. Eminently collectible, the portfolios arrive in a handsome portfolio. Each individual photo bears an official copyright designation from Davis Panzer Productions Incorporated. Ah, and then we have a sensorial feast. <laughs> sensorial <laughs> feast. <laughs> With the same exacting attention to lighting and mood that creates the fabulous look of each Highlander episode, we've created the Legend Portfolio Series. Four heroic assemblages of ten production photographs culled from the exclusive reserve of stills first made it available at the Highlander convention. Each image in the series not only immortalizes a dramatic moment in Highlander's intriguing history, but was thoughtfully and carefully selected to create the ultimate Highlander showcase. Wow. Or, <laughs> or you can personally craft your own Highlander Legend portfolio if you think the other if you think the eminently collectible or sensorial feast collections are trash. <laughs> you can put your this own is together. A this is a snack. <laughs> this is more like a sensorial midnight snack. The Highlander image is many things to many people. For some, it's an immortal seized by the whirling electrical storm of a quickening. For others, it's the historic pageantry dressing a flashback sequence. For others still, it's that climactic moment when Claymore meets Caratid and Good once again... I guess it's a sword. Maybe it's a sword. (laughs) And good once again prevails over evil. From our exclusive gallery of production stills that created the Legend Portfolio series, you can fully create a Highlander portfolio that reflects your singular taste of Highlander imagery. Each collector's 8x11, 11 by Glossy, is sized to fit protective plastic sleeve for safe, immortal storage and costs just $5 a piece. Ooh. Uh, So we got a bunch of pictures of just like Duncan with a cigar, Joe with his shirt unbuttoned. Uh, the Four Horsemen, Joe with a gun against his head. <laughs> what? These these pictures are... Why some of them you, are cool. Why would you want a picture of Joe with a gun in it against Yeah, him? like, some of these images are, like, the one, like, with Adrian Paul, it's, like, from, like, the 30s, and he's, like, chomping on a cigar, he's looking cool. It's, like, it is kind of iconic, he's looking handsome. But the other one is just, like, Joe with a gun against his head. <laughs> it's like, why would you have that anywhere? Sometimes a cigar is that's, just that's, a cigar. That's my singular Highlander experience. Is Joe with a gun against his head. It's a sensorial feast. So these these sets are like forty bucks. Oh, I just ruined the game. How much do you think these? Uh, how much do you think these are? Like forty bucks. Ah, they're like thirty nine ninety five. But yeah, I'll yeah, say forty bucks yeah, is yeah, good. Cool. Nice. So I win that one, right? Uh, apparently, sorry, Eamon. Damn it. I lose. Well, that's Eamon's getting slaughtered. Yeah. <laughs> We're still not done with this ad, people. No, I'm just kidding. We're done with the ad. Nobody has a gun to their head. It's not like that picture of Joe. <laughs> you mean that classic, iconic image from the yes, Highlander that series? Sensorial <laughs> Sensorial piece. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so after the next morning, I guess, Lisa wakes up and she found some pictures of Tess. Mm-hmm. And she's going through them. Uh, and I guess this is the first time she realizes that she looks exactly like Tess. And she's like, you weren't making love to me. You were making love to, like, this dead memory. So Yeah, it's, like, intense. She's, like, goes, 
pretty deep into this stuff. Like she's really yeah. rummaging, right? Yeah. To find this stuff. Also, maybe don't leave your chest of pictures <laughs> yeah. of Tess open yep. when her <laughs> doppel false tesser ganger shows up for a night. <laughs> doppel banger, right? Is <laughs> <laughs> now. Oh, that's good. Yeah. That's good. This is like very vertigo. It's very uh Max kind of creepy in this episode. <laughs> oh, yeah. And like they keep yeah. on doing like these like the first couple times they see her, they do these like really intense like slow-mo shots of her. It's like yeah. predator vision. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh so she storms out and yeah. then promptly gets kidnapped. Immediately. Immediately. As if, and as if on cue. Yeah. So again, it's like this all part of the plan. Like uh, yeah. I guess. Also, Mac is like running outside with like no half pants. dressed yeah. with like nothing on. Like, this would be a great time to kill him. Yeah. I can't believe that throughout the episode. Oh, oh yeah. He's like stum- stumbling with one leg in his pants. Like, like, oh, this would be also be a great time to kill Mac. Uh-huh. There's like 42 minutes in every one of these episodes that would probably be a great time uh, to kill Mac. Yeah. <laughs> Instead of tr- constantly tricking him like a cartoon character. <laughs> well, like, uh, in this next scene, like Horton paints a wall to look like a tunnel runs <laughs> through the mountain. And then <laughs> Mac runs up to it. <laughs> yeah, that's the plan. So they drops an anvil on his head. My <laughs> final thought on this. Well, I think it's it's a little too convenient that she gets kidnapped like after this fight because like if yeah. she didn't find like if those pictures were not out. Was the plan she like just, no matter what they were gonna have a fight or yeah. she's gonna have to go outside? I mean that's she's fine. Gonna leave. That's all believable, right? Yeah. Uh, but again, to play into this narrative that I've wondered about, that seems to I think be in the background or at least was toyed with about Doppeltest, that like maybe she was being kind of turned to the the light side or whatever by Mac, is that this is the turning point for her, for her? Like that when she finds this out, she realizes like no, like you know, like I thought someone could actually love me. Turns out he doesn't love me. He loves this memory, and that's not me. And so mm. I get sweeps the, uh, the back. Of it wasn't her either, though. I thought somebody could love this character. But I she, she never for weeks to. But she never really knew how much like Tess she was. You know, I mean, all that sort of stuff. I think it's it's in the background that if you if you thought that she was maybe on a path towards redemption, this is the turning point where she says, "No, he never loved me. It's all a lie." And she's thrown back into her old Lisa Mayon serial killer with a heart of gold. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> maybe heart of glass. I don't know. So then Joe and Richie. Are going to the barge, right? And Joe, <laughs> sorry, Joe is very impressed by Richie snapping back into consciousness. Yeah, like he thinks that's the coolest thing he's ever seen. Right, he's never like seen it up close and personal. He's like, "How's it feel?" And he's like, "This doesn't mean we're going to start picking up curtains, right? More <laughs> gay jokes." Nineties <laughs> uh, so, television. Yeah. So yeah. back in the barge, Mac does call the police. Shockingly, yeah. <laughs> that finally we can get the police involved about, about, in yeah. all these shootings and yeah. kidnappings <laughs> and all this stuff. But I guess Horton calls. And he puts Lisa on, and now they're just, like, antagonizing him. And this yeah. is just a, like, look what we got. You've already buried Tess once. What voice is that? That is not Horton's voice. <laughs> <laughs> You've already buried Tess once, though. And Lisa's like, I push all the right buttons. It's like, like his ding-dong. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're like a doorbell, right? Like yep. She brings the doorbell, and it goes ding-dong, <laughs> as doorbells do. Right, Keith? <laughs> that's, exactly. how that's what we're talking about. <laughs> yes. Uh, it's so hot in here, guys. It is really hot. It's hot. Yeah. Oh, it's getting hot in here. Yeah, the words of warrior poet Sean Paul. <laughs> uh, now we're back at the goddamn car dealership again. <laughs> I hate this dealership. And we learned that the dealer's name is Alfonso. Yes. <laughs> Alfonso. It's fucking of course it is. <laughs> and Horton's like, uh, if anybody... Why does he give him his address? Is this part of the plan? This is so crazy. Yes, what is this, this is plan? part of the plan. Yes. But it's nuts. Yeah. Is it? Okay, so it is part of the plan. He's like leaving the final clue for him. 
Yeah, because yeah. he seems to even be wise to the fact that, like, in the in the previous episode, when Duncan shows up at the warehouse, like, or wherever they're doing this surgery, uh, Horton says to, like, his goons, he's like, he tracked the car. It's like he knew that the car was what was going to lead him there. And it's yeah. like, what a crazy trail of breadcrumbs to leave. Yep. Like, not even a trail. It was literally one breadcrumb he left that could he could have missed so easily. He cut a loaf of bread into an arrow. So his boy Alfonso is like, okay, well, I will immediately betray your confidence. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's got to make the sales. He wants Wait, to sell another Aston Martin. Yeah. Well, Alfonso, commission. Yep. Alfonso, chickless. Alfonso continues the bad receptionist tradition of this show. That's true. Of like immediately divulging personal address information to Mac. Yeah, like instantly. Like, yeah, takes no time at all. Yeah. So now Mac knows where to go. Yeah. And again. There's been, that old trope of loose-lipped car dealers. But yeah. again, like, <laughs> as far as like this being some sort of scheme, Horton wants Mac to come to where he is. Yeah. So why not just call... Like, he already called Mac on the phone. Yep. Why not just tell him that? Like, or, like, I don't know. The fact that he leaves these clues that are almost impossible that's a, that's to find. Like, great point. He wants yeah. him to come and find him. And then, so have him come and find Like, he, he makes it too complicated. He leaves. Guy, it's like, so Horton's just the Riddler, right? Yeah, yeah, he is. Although, I guess maybe the only justification I could see for it is that he wants Mac to think that Horton's not ready for him. Yeah, yeah. that's a Which good I guess so would be. lure him to step on the springboard. That'll right. Hurl him to the hands of the penguins waiting. Exploding octopus. Yeah. <laughs> octopus, right. So Mac knows what's up. He says he doesn't care who she is. Whoever she is, her face is Tessa's. Right. What is that? Again, Mac has cracked. Yep. Mac a crack. <laughs> yeah, he knows it's all fake, but he yeah. doesn't care Dead. it's so bizarre he needs to get like talked down like real bad yeah i don't care i love it so then it's just like really creepy because tessa ganger's there and a goon is playing solitaire on her body yeah and she's like why don't you deal me in and i'm like how long are they doing this like act <laughs> yeah how long is this bit but he very easily res in quotes rescues her it's like a cakewalk yeah he just like walks in there like and one house guy houses these guys yeah and he unties her yeah, like, I'm not sure what this part of the plan is supposed to serve. Yeah. Because, like, the actual plan, like, the actual move Horton makes does not assume kidnapping. Nope. Mac, like, karate fights two goons, and then she takes him promptly to the graveyard. Yeah. Like, why didn't she, why doesn't she shoot him at so many points? Yeah. In this. Like, if the entire plan was to get him to the graveyard, like, they could have just, like, banged and gone to the graveyard. <laughs> yeah. Postquittal graveyard trip. <laughs> Don't you like taking your bed partners? No. <laughs> now let's look at your doppelganger's grave. <laughs> then we can visit your dad. <laughs> Do doppelgrave. So they go to the graveyard, and the reason she wants to go, she says to show Mac, like, this is Tessa, and I'm me. Yeah, and I'm like, alive. so you have to love, like, I'm the real deal. Yeah. And it's like, okay, but, like, this doesn't work to really, like, put Mac off guard. I don't know, because he seems to be... Well, he knows what's up. He's like, he's not so tell me about the surgery. He's He was not supposed to have figured it out yet, I guess. Yeah. But, but what what would this have accomplished? Like, they're at the, the grave. Like, I, I don't know. Other I, other I than it's it. just like a sick torture thing, which yeah. I guess I get. That's like, funny. that yeah. it's just Horton just fucking with Mac yeah. and his, like, screwing with his brain. Yeah. So I guess that's fine. But it's very complicated. Hmm. <laughs> just... Had too much to drink and slipped. <laughs> uh, so Matt calls her out on the surgery thing. Yep. She kind of comes clean. She comes up with another cockamamie story. Right. That she's like got her son. Right. Her son, Mark. 
I guess this is just an excuse for her to reach into her purse. Yeah, because she's like, oh, I'll show you a picture of him. Bam, gun. Bam. Also, she's a sociopath, not (laughs) undergoing a massive redemption. Yeah. At this point, yes. (laughs) But she was married to a psychiatrist who tried to figure her out, too. Right. Yeah. Until she killed him. But Mac took the bullets out of her gun at some point somehow. How did that happen? That is a big question mark for me. Also, because it's not like a revolver either. So, like, he removed the magazine and, like, yeah. removed the individual bullets mm-hmm. from the magazine, put them in his pocket, reinserted the magazine, and she did not notice. This was a long process. Yeah. Maybe it was uh, when she was in bed in the morning, six in the morning. I guess that doesn't make sense, though. I don't no, know. He knew, he knew that early, and it was the same purse? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, maybe. That's so uh, bizarre. It was very strange. But Mac gets the one up on her because she's gunless so we get a gunshot off mm-hmm. screen and horton comes on over yeah on cue with a meat cleaver yeah which yeah, i was with just, a meat cleaver yeah. just, when he gets on with a meat cleaver i was like yes <laughs> that's wonderful so max down uh he's gonna chop his head off it's great like because horton is like swinging the meat cleaver from like a standing position yeah. at max head which i well, thought he's was about fun. to enjoy this <laughs> yeah but mac like karate kicks him and then horton gets the drop on false tessa and kills her? <laughs> yeah. It's he weird because he just... He her as a hostage. Yeah, like. he just kills her. And she falls on Tessa's how she, grave. How does she... What does she... He used to kill her? He shoots her, right? Yeah, he, he shoots, shoots her. Oh, that's right. Because yeah. now he's got a gun. Yeah. Right. As well. Mm. It's, a, it's a dual-wielding gun and meat cleaver. That's it's right. the wombo combo. <laughs> <laughs> Again, I'm not entirely sure what the whole... Pro, like, the plan was. Yeah. But, well, I think the plan was to get him to holy ground because he, as we've established, can't use violence even against mortals on holy ground. So to lure him to holy ground, she shoots him while he's off guard. He comes and cuts his head off. I think yeah. that's the plan. There are unnecessary steps in there, but I think that's the core. And Horton forgets the rules and runs off holy ground. So yeah. That too. Holy, but Mac, holy ground, McLeod. Yeah. Mm. But Mac does that karate kick on holy ground. It's true. I think it's a little, I don't think it's like you can't stop someone from cutting your own head off on holy ground. I guess. I don't know. I feel like the whole no violence on holy ground thing is iffy. Um, yeah. Well, no, like I mean, like especially against mortals. Against like, mortals, it's really strange. that's weird. Yeah, he could have gotten him in the mausoleum. Yeah, in Unholy Alliance Part One. Yeah, Quentin Unholy Alliance Part One, wouldn't you say? <laughs> uh, but Joe's there as well. He's yeah. shooting at Horton. Yeah, so saving the a day. Gunfight. Yeah, yep. I kind of like that Joe's there, like scrapping with Horton because, like. This shows, I think, that Joe... Oh, wants that's a- why Horton runs away. Right. Because yeah. Joe wants a piece of him, too. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, he's got a bad track record for killing Horton. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Uh, but Max like, ah, he's mine. Uh, yeah. And goes after him. He terminators after him. Yeah. yeah. This is... When Horton runs away, like, he runs out of the cemetery, sees Richie there, and then starts running away. It's just like they're not running very fast. Like, it just looks kind of goofy. Like, it does, it's not, like, exciting. It's just, like, Horton running away and Mac, like, slowly chasing after yeah. him to, like, match Horton's pace. But it's like, we know Mac can run faster than this. Yeah. I think it's, it's weird just because they're, they're like, walking. in a field. Yeah. Like, there's nowhere to run to. Yeah. So I think it seems, like, the chase doesn't seem that exciting. Like, I would have, I think, preferred, like, like, the episode Nowhere to, Oh, no, Nowhere to Run was good. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was thinking of, what's the Home Alone one? That's oh, Nowhere to that's Run. That's a... Nowhere to Run's the one with Carl. That's Run for Your Life. Run Run for for Your Life. life. No, Nowhere to Run's terrible. What are we talking about? (laughs) 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 Why'd you guys say it was good? Keeping the momentum going. (laughs) That's right. Yes, Anne. (laughs) Uh, So, 
Oh, I, I feel like there were some cool visuals. Like there was just like a very brief but cool shot of like Horton and Max standing at yeah. opposite opposite sides of the screen, like in a field. It looked really stark. The field stark. is cool and it's like really foggy. Yeah, yeah. I part of me wishes they just kind of played out this whole chase like slower yeah. and like kind of embellish the visuals a little bit because like yeah. I feel like the starkness of them like finally facing off. Yeah, that's with no, cool. nothing else around was yeah. like cool. And I think if they just lived in those moments instead of like. Having people kind of clumsily run around yeah. would have been better. But. Well, I think we'll. I think he's because Horton's a coward, but then he finally right. realizes that like he just has to do this now. Like there's nowhere to run. Yeah, it's time to do this thing. And but he, we're both guys, really. Horton does a little Mac the knife action <laughs> <laughs> and pulls uh, out a switchblade. <laughs> out with the switchblade, and he and, lunges at Mac, and, and Mac dodges. And, and fucking him. takes him the fuck down. It's it was pretty satisfying. Like, yeah. It was yeah. fast. Like I, at first I was like, oh, that was almost too quick to be satisfying. But no, like something about him running, and then I think the running actually is an important part of this because like Horton's proven himself to be such a wiener that like when yeah. like chips come down, he's like, all right, I gotta face this mano a mano. I liked it. Yeah, it's good. I didn't. And uh, the fact that Mac makes him stab himself with his own knife is great. That was cool. And stop the hitting yourself. Yeah. <laughs> It's <laughs> over and over again. Stop hitting yourself. Stop hitting yourself. Oh, that's terrible. Yeah. Uh, it's like it's like he's trying to prove. It's like the opposite of what he does with Tess. I'm going to prove that uh, I'm immortal by making you kill me. Yeah, <laughs> I'm going to prove I can kill you. Yeah. That's it for Horton. That's it. Yeah, yeah. that's all she wrote. I'm the man you can't kill until now. Uh, so then, back at the grave, Joe says he's like, "I'll take care of it." Regarding like Lisa. Yeah, Lisa's I'm not sure what he's going to do. Corpse. Also, he's got to yeah. take care of take, Horton, too. Yeah, take, yeah. take him to a pig farm. Uh, yeah. So, as usual, some weird, shady stuff happening off camera. The watches are all just bad, man. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, and Richie's there, who did not much. Also, no. it was pretty... Well, he stops Horton from running. Yeah. Is that what happened? Maybe yeah. I missed that I when I was well, watching. Run, I was like, where's yeah. Richie coming from? Horton runs out, and Richie's standing there, and Horton's like, uh-oh. And that's why... Like, <laughs> yeah. And Richie probably took out the driver, because Horton's driver was knocked out. Oh, right. Yeah. Also, it's a little intense. Uh... Tessa Ganger, like, dies on top of Tessa's grave. Yeah. That's yeah. fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> that's dark. That's going to leave some scars for Mac. Mac's had a rough... <laughs> yeah, been, season two has not been nice to Mac. No. <laughs> He's killing buddies again. Yeah. Girlfriend's dying. It's rough. He's just banging everything that moves. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like trying to stave off depression. Yeah. Uh, so then the uh, denouement of the episode's back at the barge. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's, like... Which is... Driving off without them. Yeah, Max shakes the hand of some guy who's, like, taking the barge away. Yeah. And then uh, him and Richie are, like, the music is, like, kind of happy. Like, it's, I, I forget, it's yeah. a different happy music cue. Yeah. We've heard, it's not the Best Friends Forever theme that we've heard before. Right. Uh, not that one. But it's, like, cool. And I feel like this is, like, a, a neat ending. Like, yeah. Uh, it's, like, closing the chapter. Yeah, but like, also, he literally like. literally murders his dead fiance. <laughs> yeah. And then sells all possessions that remind him of her mm-hmm. and then you move on yeah. yeah but no i felt like i mean like they're walking off like i felt like i'm energized to see the third season because it's like yeah. oh like it's a hopeful yeah it's like richie and mac adventures i'm like because mac mentioned something it's like we're gonna travel now and like we're gonna we're ready for new adventures and stuff and it's like cool like i'm down with this and that's it that's it guys how about we uh have a listen to executive producer bill panzer talk about counterfeit part yes, two do we. false bill panzer False film answer. <laughs> Again, this episode went very smoothly. But there were a couple interesting things that happened behind the camera. One was when Melani, playing Lisa in the first counterfeit, spoke in her own voice. That was fine. 
and had the plastic surgery, which turned her into Tessa, and that was fine. But the question came up about the voice. Was it going to be confusing for people if we used Tessa's voice, since Tessa was playing Tessa, or would we accept the fact that it no, came wasn't. from the surgery? <laughs> and how we handled that became a debate of surprising proportions. And at the end, we decided <laughs> to let Melani use her own voice for when she's playing Melani and have Tessa use her voice. It's amazing, though, what we will accept and what we believe is possible with plastic surgery. Is it? We? Just <laughs> because Michael Jackson wants a different nose and <laughs> a lot of people want to have J-Lo's butt doesn't mean that all of this stuff is possible, but I think we sold it pretty convincingly anyway. Something else was that okay. originally in the script... Keith wants to have J-Lo's butt. Uh, Horton <laughs> sent Lisa to kill Adrian on the barge. The writing staff, myself, we all thought that was kind of symbolic. And when Adrian got the draft of the script, he said, nope. I don't think that's powerful enough. I think we should have her try to kill McLeod at Tessa's grave. Oh, and he was right. Back. It made for a much more dramatic scene. That was pretty cool. Excellent. All right. Excellent. So that answers your question, Keith, about the the grave. Like, confusion about why... In the plan, they're going to the gravesite. Right. It was just... I will agree, though. Like, I mean, symbolically, it, it is like a more powerful setting. Well, yeah, and then we get that it gets full foggy field. Yeah. Like, if it ended on the barge, that would be weird. Yeah. False barge. False barge. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to build a false barge. <laughs> oh, boy. I mean... <laughs> Are we just predicting that false insert thing here is just going to become a bit on our show now? Yes. Absolutely. I'm it thinking is. it is. Yeah. <laughs> false Tessa. Oh, uh, boy. I hope Mac doesn't reach his final death. We'll have to talk about final death. Final death. Final destination. <laughs> Guys, it's time to play a little game. Yay. All right, guys. So for our final game of season two, Ooh. I thought it would be fun. On the Highlander season two DVDs, there is a like CD-ROM trivia game. It's an interactive CD-ROM. An interactive CD-ROM. I thought we'd uh, play this. I don't know. <laughs> good shot. <laughs> yeah, good intro. I thought we'd play <laughs> this. <laughs> All right. So I'll ask you guys. Uh, we'll just take turns going through this, and uh, we'll see how we do. What are the menus looking like? Finally, no, there are no menus. Well, this this it's just blocks of text. <laughs> yeah, it's like it looks like this. Oh my god, that <laughs> looks terrible. Wow, that does it's look a, really for bad. people at home. It's literally just a black void with white text on it. Right. It says "Play now or exit." Mm. <laughs> but also, like this. This CD-ROM like barely works on computers today because it does not like the software does, is not compatible. Oh, okay. Uh, so like only certain features of this we're accessing right now. Hmm. Okay, test your knowledge of the Highlander TV series in this season two trivia game. There can be only one right answer. That is, press play now to begin. Ooh. All right, guys. First question is for Kyle. Which of the following did photographer Linda Plager never photograph? Oh. One, heroic rescues. Two, star divorces. Three, freshly baked pies. Freshly baked pies. Correct. <laughs> wow. Good job. That was, a, that was a real nail biter. Amen. Your first question. Actor Dustin Nguyen. Dustin Gwynn? Dustin Gwynn, right? Kansas's Dustin DeGuin. Man, that's right. <laughs> man, that's hard to do. Yep. Actor Dustin Gwynn, who played Jimmy Sang, had previously appeared in which Highlander episode? 
One, the samurai. Two, the road not taken. Or three, innocent man. The road not taken. Let's click on it and see. <laughs> oh, green check mark. That means you got it right. Yay. Is it still just a white text on Black Void? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Avery Hoskins' mind was leeching deadly levels of blank, which killed Sarah. It's mercury. The answer is mercury. <laughs> All right. Well, the other options were <laughs> lead and radiation. Ooh. I'll put mercury, Kyle. Correct. <laughs> radiation minds. Uh, the follow-up question it has is, on average... Uh, what was the gross profit loss to the Avery Hoskins mine per fiscal year? Well, it depends on how many cattle they killed. <laughs> All right. So, Eamon. Yeah. The biblical prodigal son was rewarded mm. with a fatted calf upon returning home. Richie Ryan got one, fruits de mer, two, Maurice's niece, Simone, Ew. or three, an impossibly old bottle of brandy. Uh, what was the what? question again? Is this all quotes? This is confusing. Also, is he just banging Maurice's niece? The biblical prodigal son. Oh, we heard it. Okay, okay. Oh, okay. Brandy. Yes. Yeah. That was confusing. Two to two, guys. Keeping it tight. The Maurice's niece thing is gross. Gross. And also, dark. no Maurice in Counterfeit Part One or Two. Nope. Is he gone forever? How many episodes was Maurice even at? We'll talk about that after yeah. this trivia game. This heart-pounding trivia game. Michelle Thrush, the Canadian First Nations actress who played Sarah Lightfoot in Bless the Child, also played McLeod's Lakota love, Little Deer, in what two other episodes? One, Something Wicked and Deliverance. Two, Line of Fire and Unholy Alliance. Or three, The Gathering and Line of Fire. First one. Mm-mm. That would be the gathering and the line of fire. Remember in the flashback, his wife is dead and he's crying. That's actually her, though. That is her. What? Wow. All right, Eamon, this is your chance to pull ahead. Prior to meeting up with Duncan McLeod in the Old West, the last time Lawman Mako had seen McLeod, McLeod and this immortal were just learning how to read. One, Darius. Two, Hugh Fitzcairn. Or three, Connor McLeod. Hugh Who Fitzcairn. That's right. Did you know that the reason his name is Hugh in the show <laughs> no. is because he was the lead singer of The Who and they thought it would be a funny joke? <laughs> that you thought it would be a funny joke? That is a Highlander fact. <laughs> that you made up. Highlander facts. Oh, I'm going to do That's a new segment. Highlander facts that Keith just made up. I am going to make my, my weird theories are now Highlander facts. <laughs> Very good. Kyle Constantine first met Darius when one... Seardwin introduced them at a party. Constantine was hired to curate the museum nearby. Or three, Darius invaded Rome. Three, Darius invaded Rome. Correct. Ah, uh, here we go. Who's up, Eamon? Me. Alexander Vandernoot, who plays Tessa. And false Tessa. And false Tessa, right? <laughs> Asked to leave the show early so she could spend more time with her family in Europe. Alexandra is originally from, one, France... Two, Belgium, or three, the Netherlands? I don't know the answer to this fucking question. Paris. Paris was not an answer. <laughs> oh. <laughs> or France, France. 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 I believe it is Belgium. I believe so as well. God damn it. All right, tied up again. When Carl Robinson complains that King's dead, Malcolm's dead, and Bobby's selling barbecue sauce, he's referring to Martin Luther King Jr., Malcolm X, and blank. Oh, this is good. One, Bobby Seal. Two, Bobby King. 
or three, Bobby Kennedy. Bobby Seal. That's right. Uh oh. Selling that barbecue sauce, teaching at Temple University. Go Owls. Adrian Paul, who plays the Scottish immortal Duncan McLeod. <laughs> I love. <laughs> who? <laughs> Is, a- is actually English, <laughs> while Sheena Easton, who plays the Irish immortal Annie Devlin, is actually A, Welsh, B, Scottish, C, Irish. God damn it to hell. Irish. Uh-uh. Scottish. Scottish. Fucking dill but so that's <laughs> that, that wraps it up uh, uh you've answered seven out of ten correctly uh kyle you have a final score of four aiming with three my winning streak is over so we should play that again sometime maybe kyle's saying no <laughs> <laughs> if there were like funny graphics i think it would be more fun We'll try to figure that out for mm. this audio podcast. Yes. <laughs> yeah, some great funny well, graphics. Some funny graphics in there. In it. More fun for us. <laughs> Fuck you, listeners. I know. We just like kidding. Them. Especially I'm just Brian. kidding. Brian. Oh, yeah. Brian one. S. Writing those, that letter that we read. Yeah. Sweet letters. Sweet, 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 sweet letters. letters. I was just kidding, listeners. I love you all. False amen. <laughs> <laughs> yes, this is false amen. <laughs> what have we learned this week? It's time for... Mortals will give you a mac attack. You want to know by now. You want to know by now. Mac-a-tack. That's right. It's time for Mac Attack, the segment where we discuss the lessons we learned from Duncan McCloud. And you know, I learned a bunch of lessons from, from Duncan McCloud this season. Like, you don't hunt the king's bear, even if Richie Ryan is a bear collector. I learned that. You know, you can't trust someone with the face of your dead fiance. But let's see, I learned the more circuitous a plan, the better. I learned that Duncan doesn't like people with scars. <laughs> I learned just because mm-hmm. they're false Tessa, they're all women. <laughs> like, pfft, guys. I don't get it. All right, whatever. <laughs> I don't understand. Break it down for me. Stop. Stop. Break it down. We should do this more often. More often. So, what did we think of this episode, guys? Let's talk about it. This is definitely weaker than its part one, me thinks. I think it's like a little too convenient. I think it's kind of like wrapped up quickly. All the kind of holes in the plot come to the fore here. Yeah. Not yeah. like holes, but like how kind of absurd it is. Like the entire episode can be summarized by that, what are you going to tell him? You went to his house and lit him on fire? Like, <laughs> right. That's like this episode in a nutshell. I like the absurdity of the plan in this. Like, I like how heightened and kind of kooky this is i think it works for this type of show mm-hmm. like just the idea that she could get such a radical plastic surgery to look exactly like tessa it's like magneto's best plan ever yeah <laughs> i think this is horton's best appearance mm. i think he does his best work here i liked him in these episodes where in the past i was kind of on the fence a little bit like the parts where he's meeting uh pete and the first one were really cool like i just like the whole plan aspect of it yeah um this episode is a little weaker, but I like part one more. Partially, it's because that a lot of the stuff that happens in part one is like inconsequential in part two. Like that, the plan didn't really rely on splitting Mac and Richie up. Yeah, uh, so it's like that portion of it is kind of like, eh. Like I guess they're just had a, having a fight. Too bad for them. Like yeah. I really like Tessa in these episodes. Like yeah. I think I think the actress does a great job of playing like kind of a different version of her character. Yeah. Like she I, remains Tessa ish. <laughs> Clearly, false. But it's like false. <laughs> yeah. false. Yeah. It rings false to me. Yeah. Uh, um, I really wish, honestly, maybe this whole Pete thing, that could have maybe been a whole separate episode that would have, yeah. like an unrelated thing about a plot to 
foil Duncan and Richie. Mm-hmm. I think that would have worked well. Uh, part of me wishes Tess, like, they, they, I mean, maybe it was, my guess is they only could shoot with Alexander Vander Newt for, like, one episode, really. So that's why she's only in part two. Yeah. Uh, but I really wish she was, like, she made that transformation early, or we got some flashbacks to the transformation happening and, like, uncovered that she's not real or something. Like, I really liked the flashback to 1983 mm-hmm. where Mac shows her his immortality. I, like, wanted more of that because, like, they didn't really take too much advantage of having, like, Tess back. Like, it's like, oh, no, we can do expound on their relationship more, even though she's dead, through flashbacks. Yeah. I would have liked to see seen more of her in that regard. Or I also think it might have been better to have, like, Kyle, you mentioned, like, you know, these episodes kind of mirror each other. Like, in the first one, Pete's the one that's, like, false friend. (laughs) Uh, And then in this one, Tess, obviously, is the false person. But I think if maybe those two stories were in tandem, it could have been just more dramatic. And, like, another way way to stretch it out more, like, that both of them would be, like, they both were distrusting each other. And The clean separation between the two plots is a little bit much. Because it almost seems like the arrival of Tessa is what makes Richie believe that pete wasn't real right yeah like it cuts against the underlying plan yeah so if maybe they were both clouded by the facts that you know or they were both being they were both deceived differently or by different people a parallel journey yeah as opposed to these kind of this kind of separate paths so yeah but overall i think it's a pretty good episode yeah everyone delivers good performances Mm -hmm. uh it's kind of weird like for a highlander two-parter like no real immortal yeah villain no yeah i mean horton's a big big villain but like also like no sword fights like yeah and i guess it's the fact that you know it's horton's kind of the biggest villain of the show so far uh so it's okay it's weird for a big splashy season finale there's a meat cleaver no 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 quickening or anything like that does he lots of meat cleaver he doesn't use his sword at all in these two episodes yeah no that's something funny i know he does in the Flash, flash oh, with Charlie Brown. Part one. Oh, with yeah, Charlie Brown. Yeah, yeah. Charlie Brown. <laughs> <laughs> Let's Charlie Brown. false Charlie Brown. <laughs> He's just an old English hunter who <laughs> <laughs> just can never kick a football. Yep. We never really talked about this in Unholy Alliance Part Two. I always thought it would have been interesting. Did anyone think at the end when we see Horton that? And I don't know if the writers ever toyed with this idea that Horton would be immortal. I thought that would be a cool idea. Yeah. Like, a great twist. Yeah. Because then he's just like this self-hating. Yeah. Right. That would have um, been awesome. Because I remember thinking that the first time I saw like Unholy Alliance. Yeah. It's like, well, how is he back? Like, yeah. it's impossible. Who knows? That would have been great. That would have been cool. And uh, I think that would have been a nice way to keep that character like going even more and like getting weirder with him. And Is this the last we see of him? I don't want to speak to that, Eamon, mm. which I think tells you the answer. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so sort of. So sort of, Yes. We might see him kind of differently in the future. Interesting. (laughs) I know. (laughs) No Maurice. Boo-hoo-hoo. Yeah, what happened to Maurice? Yeah. How many episodes was he in? Like six? Four? Four, five. I don't know. Ah. Things that guy could do is shrimp, though. (laughs) Magnifique. (laughs) Oh, he didn't even get to cook for false Tessa. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Do you think Duncan told Maurice, I'm leaving? Like, no, no, <laughs> he's just gone. Yeah. I, got, I, got, I got this bro, Charlie, who needs me. Yeah, <laughs> back to Charlie. So, Keith, how many wonky theories out of five would you give this? I give this three wonky theories out like, of five. Oh, three, it's kind of middling. It's okay, it's cool mm-hmm. because Tess is in it and Horn's in it. Yeah, Eamon, how many absent Maurice's would you give this? <laughs> I think I'd give it three and a half absent Maurice's. It really bugged me, like the silly walk chase when Horton <laughs> runs out of the cemetery. That kind of took me out of it. I just thought it looked goofy. And like the overdubbed like, 
come and face me, Horton. And I was like, mm. but other than that, yeah, I, I like this one not as much as part one. Yeah, Kyle, how, how many, many unnecessary cosmetic surgeries? Did <laughs> I, give this? Yeah. I give this three, three mm. cosmetic surgeries. It's not bad. Again, like the plot is like very overwrought, and like this is where even the plot of the counterfeit part one starts to like, in retrospect, start to fall apart a little bit in the context of this. That being said, it's. A very good effort. It's a good episode. It's got good emotional content, but you know, it it falls on falls apart under its own weight a little bit. I was just gonna say this is like the Dark Knight Rises of counterfeit parts. Because <laughs> go on in the Dark Knight, like it's set up like oh, we have to make it so Harvey Dent's legacy means something and improves the city. And then the Dark Knight Rises, it's like oh, that fucked up. Things are like worse than ever. <laughs> and this, it's like Horton's plan in part one kind of doesn't really work. Like. It kind of brings Mac and Richie back together. It's yeah. kind of a lot of wasted effort. Two things. One, why do they call her false Tessa in like all over the place? Shouldn't it be counterfeit Tessa first? <laughs> uh, <laughs> all over the place you mean in that description? <laughs> well, it's That's like the in the credits. Place. It's in the credits. I don't know. Um, why did they take away? Like they left her tattoo on. They did all that plastic surgery all over the place. They changed her breast size, but did not remove her tattoo. Do you think they thought people would get confused, which, like, if we were looking at real tests or fake tests? No. I know. I don't know. Exactly. I don't know. I don't get any of this. Yeah, I don't know. Mm. Well, it's clear mm. Mac and Tess love each other. That's all I can say. Yes. <laughs> uh. So that's been season two, guys. Uh, yeah. We're not going to do a full recap this episode of what we thought of season two. We're going to do kind of another roundup like we did last time. That's right. Talk about the season overall. Our thoughts, our feelings. Quick and we're going to talk about overalls. Oh, man. Gosh, gosh. <laughs> we haven't seen Mac in overalls yet. That seems like it should have happened. Inevitable? <laughs> yeah. That seems inevitable. I've seen pictures of Adrian Paul in overalls, I'm pretty sure. Oh, Adrian Paul overalls? <laughs> uh, but we've got lots of exciting stuff coming down the road for everybody out there. Um, so we're going to be heading to the Highlander Convention coming up uh, December 3rd and 4th. Uh, so we're going to have like a lot of episodes heading your way from the convention floor. So stick around for that. Uh, that's good for sweet, sweet content. Yeah, we are going to get a lot of content out of every second we can. No, but we're going to have a lot of fun stuff. Interviews with stars. We're going to be doing a cool round table with Efron McAsh and Anthony DeLongis. DeLongis? DeLongis. Oh, for the longest time. Um, William Joel, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> William Joel. <laughs> also, don't forget to send us your 500-word treatment of how you would do a Highlander reboot. Yes. We're like the film studio. You are the writer. Pitch us your idea in 500 words or less. We're going to write our own. We'll discuss them all. We'll read them on the air. And you know what? If we think yours is great, you might just get yourself a special 30th anniversary DVD or some original artwork. Yeah, we're going to have a prize pack coming your way. So send those submissions to HighlanderRewatched at gmail.com. And uh, yeah, we'll have also event uh, or excuse me, contest details on our Facebook page. Kind of as an event, I think we'll set it up. So look at our Facebook page for those deets. That's right. Yeah, so the convention's coming up. And after that, we're going to be tackling Highlander 2. Uh, so actually, if you want to write us in, tell us like what you want to see, what you want to get out of our podcast. Uh, we're thinking we want to kind of do it a little differently than we did Highlander, the first Highlander. Uh, Eight episodes? <laughs> it's like, way too, like a lot yeah. of hours yeah. uh, went into the Highlander one podcast a lot of research 90 minute movie right yeah. <laughs> uh but we actually like kind of revere that movie and tried to treat it with respect uh highlander 2 is a different story i think uh so i'm not sure what you want to 
here from that, but let us know. And if you've got cool suggestions, we'll uh, take those to heart. Yeah, yeah. I've been one of your rewatchers. I'm Keith. This is False Kyle. This is Lightboot. Bye. <laughs>